This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. I want to talk to you about unwavering faith. Unwavering faith. And I want to pray, and then we're going to get started. Father, right now we come to you in the name of Jesus and we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that the word of God does not return void, that our eyes see, our ears hear, our heart is receptive to your word, and that tonight, Father, we grow, we change. I'm believing for answers and insight and direction to each and every one of us, no matter where we're at or what we're facing. Father, we are believing you for wisdom. And that tonight there's a hunger, there's a determination that rises up on the inside of us to be everything that you've called and created us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Well, hopefully you have your Bible. How many of you have your Bible or an iPad or a phone or some device that you can look at the Word? Okay, go to James chapter 1. And we are going to... Talk about unwavering faith. Say unwavering faith. James chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 2. Verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now in the Amplified Translation, it says, Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations, be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance, steadfastness, and patience. It brings it out. So, you know, there wasn't much greeting here. This is the brother of Jesus, and, and you know, it wasn't, hi, how's it going? He, he didn't say much. He just says, okay, you know, um, James, a bondservant of God, by the way, brethren, count it all joy whenever you feel like you're getting your tail kicked. Let's start real, just get right to the point. <laughs> no warm-up, not, not much of anything. But he says, okay, we need to understand that in this walk of faith, that in life, period, there are going to be trials. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, that in this world you're going to have trials and tribulation and persecution. And he said, but be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world and I've deprived it of power to harm you. So the, the difference between a person that just lives life without living by faith and the person that lives by faith, and living by faith is living by the Word of God, living in relationship with God. It's hearing the Word. It's doing the Word. It's being a doer of the Word of God. It says the just shall live by faith. We get saved by faith, right? By, by faith, through grace, we get saved. We come into the kingdom of God, and he says, now live by faith. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says, This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27, it says, There's a difference here. There's a person that hears the word of God and does the word of God. And when the storms come, the wind comes, the rain comes, if they're hearing the word of God and they're doing the word of God, their foundation is going to be on the rock. And no matter what storm they go through, they will not fall. Their house is still going to stand because their life is built upon the rock. He said the other person, they're hearing the word of God, but they're not doing anything with it, and they're going to get mowed right on down. That's Johnson paraphrase, of course. So we've got to ask ourselves, which one am I? Because every person is going to go through things. As long as we're on this earth, we're going to be dealing with the adversary. But the difference, as children of God, 
is that you and I are made in the image and likeness of God, and you and I have the DNA of God, and there's not been one day in God's world, His existence, that He has been defeated. And it says this is the victory that overcomes the world. No matter what you're facing in the world, He says it's your faith. It's your faith. Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says, Whenever you come into the family of God, we're all dealt the measure of faith. We all start out at the same place. He doesn't say, well, I like Justin. I like that name. I think I'm going to give him a lot of faith. No, we all start out at the same faith. Then it's up to us what we do in our relationship with God. See, God is no respecter of persons. God wants to show up for every one of us the same way that he showed up for Moses, the same way he showed up for Noah, the same way he showed up for Daniel, the same way he showed up for David, is the same way he wants to show up for you and I. When we were going to Australia the first time, my wife, she's probably watching uh, live here, and we were, we were going through customs. We, we get there, we're in Sydney, Australia, and just got off the plane, 18-hour plane ride. That's a long time on a plane. I just picture like we're driving all night to rodeo or something, so I don't have to lap the plane or something, you know. <laughs> And so we get there, and, and we're going through customs, and they pull her to the side. And my wife, she is a warrior in the kingdom of God. But she, she come from a, a, a past, criminal record, a lot of stuff. Just like a lot of us, have had a, we all have had a past, right? Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Well, anyway, we get into customs, and they pull her to the side, and they say, we're not going to let you in. And so I'm sitting there, and of course, she's trying to stay focused, and tears are welled up. You know, we just flown 18 hours. We have a whole team of people with us, and, we're, and so I'm listening, and I'm asking the Lord, Lord, what, what do we do here? And he says, Trey, because in order for God to show up in our life, he needs our words. God has bound himself in covenant with mankind, and he says, let us be made in the image and likeness of God, and let them have dominion. God's saying, I, if I'm going to show up, it's going to be because I'm going to work in and through a person. And so I was asking the Lord, what words do you want me to declare? What does your word say about this situation? He says, Trey, start declaring the same way I was with Moses is the same way I'm with you. The same way I was with David is the same way I was with you. The same way I was with Noah is the same way that I was you. And I just kept declaring. I went right through the Bible. The same way that he was with Joshua is the same way he's with us. Because God says he watches over his word to perform it. And the lady comes back out and they say, we usually don't do this. We don't usually don't let people through right here. But you've got 12 days to be in this country and you've got to be out by midnight. Because we gave God something to work with. His word, his super came upon our natural, the word of God coming out of us. And it manifested his will on earth as it is in heaven. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They made a decision that they were not going to bow. They kept doing what God told them to do. They were unwavering. They did not they didn't waver in the heated situation. And because of that, God was able to show up. And God is no respecter of person. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. The same way he showed up for everyone in the Bible is the same way he wants to show up in our life. So in this world, we will have trials. He says, but know that your faith is going to be proven. Your faith is going to be tested during the trial. Because from the time you pray and to the manifestation of it, 
there's a period here that the devil wants to talk you out of the promise of God. He wants to talk you out of the answer. He wants to get you to back off. He wants to get you to cave in. He wants you to throw in the towel. He wants you to turn and run. He wants you to get distracted. He wants you to, to be full of doubt. He wants you to be full of unbelief. Why? Because if he can get us to unplug our faith, we'll never see the manifestation of God's will on earth as it is in heaven. He needs us to be unwavering because he wants to reveal himself in our life. Today, like never before, a couple of months ago, the Lord just spoke so strong in my heart. He says, Trey, I need the cowboys to rise up to be who God has called and created us to be because we're wired differently. We have some tenacity. We have some gumption. We have some courage. We have some boldness. We don't give a rip what people are going to say about us, but we've got to get that bold when it comes to the things of God that I don't care what symptoms show up. I don't care what the politicians say. I don't care what obstacles are in our way. We aren't going to waver from what God has called us to do and who has called and created us to be but we each got to make a decision that this is who I am and I'm going to go everywhere God has called me to go. I'm going to do everything he's told me to do and I will become everything he's created me to become. Unwavering faith. You've got what it takes to be unwavering. We have what it takes, each and every one of us. We have what it takes. John, James, he says, Count it all joy whenever you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And Amplified, it says it brings out endurance. It brings out steadfastness. It brings out patience. Patience means being consistent. Go down to verse 5. Not just read verse 4, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Go back to verse 5 and listen in the Amplified what he says. If any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God. When we're in a trial, we need to ask for wisdom. We need wisdom of how to overcome that financial situation. We need wisdom to how to overcome the physical symptoms. We need wisdom of how to keep our family functioning and operating. We need wisdom for this church to be everything that God has called and created it to be. We need wisdom to release our talents and our gifts and our abilities. We need wisdom. Say, I need wisdom. Now look at your neighbor and say, you really need it. <laughs> All right, just kidding, refocus. Verse 5, it says, if any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask of the giving God. Not only is he a good God, he's a giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproach or fault finding, and it will be given him. So there's a trial, he says, ask for wisdom, and it will be given. Say, it will be given. Verse 6, only it must be in faith that he asks, with no wavering. Say no wavering. No hesitating, no doubting. Only it must be in faith that he asks, with no wavering. No wavering. So God's attitude, once we've asked God for wisdom, we've prayed about a situation, now God's attitude is no wavering. He goes on to say, no hesitating, no doubting for the one who wavers, say wavers, who hesitates and doubts is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord, 
For being as he is a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irrestless, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain. When we waver, we're of two minds and we're unstable and we're unreliable and we're uncertain about everything they think, feel, or decide. In today's society, like never before, people need to look at God's children and see stability. God wants them to look at us and to see certainty on the inside of you that you know who you are and you know where you're going and you know why you're on this earth. Whenever the world looks at us, they need to see that we know where to run to and who to run to whenever life begins to happen. How do I develop this unwavering faith? How do I develop this faith where I'm certain? How do I develop this faith that there's no backup, there's no back off, there's no throwing in the towel, there's no quitting in me? Because really as believers, it's our DNA to keep stepping. It's our DNA to believe God's word. It's our DNA to overcome. I don't care what family you come from. Now you're in the family of God. So it doesn't matter if you're cowboy, biker, black, white, yellow, green, blue. You've got the DNA of God on the inside of you. And his DNA is overcome. His DNA is victory. His DNA is conquer. His DNA is walking dominion and authority. His DNA is wisdom. His DNA is understanding. His DNA is light and not darkness and truth and not lies. His DNA wins. And that's the DNA. DNA that's in us say it's in me an unwavering faith go with me to Romans chapter 4 so I'm glad I came tonight an unwavering faith we have it we God is no respecter of person let's look at what an unwavering faith looks like Romans chapter 4 verse 18 and who contrary to hope and hope believes say believed I want to pause there for a moment. What's a good indicator that you're truly believing God's word? You're truly believing what God said about your situation. Some of the indicators, Romans 15 verse 13, it says there's joy and peace in believing. That if I truly believe that by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed and made whole, he says there's joy and peace in believing. If I truly believe that God supplies all of my needs, there's joy and peace in in believing, if I truly believe that God is going to give me the wisdom to keep my family together, there's joy and peace in believing. Verse 18, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, say not weak in faith. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, and he did not waver, say no wavering. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to perform. I've got to read this in the Amplified it says, Abraham, human reason for hope, being gone, hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised. Pause for a moment. What have you been promised? What have you been promised in the word of God? And what has God spoken to your heart about your life, about your situation? See, the promise of God reveals the will of God. 
the promise of God. Second Peter chapter one, verses three and four says it's through the great and precious promises that we become partakers of God's divine nature. Every one of us, we want to walk in what we see in the Bible. Every one of us, we want to overcome. We want to conquer. It's in our DNA. But how do we do it? He says you take the great and precious promises because it's the promise of God's word. It's the seed of God's word that's going to produce the harvest of God's will. So in order for me to walk in the harvest of wisdom or the harvest of healing or the harvest of financial increase or the harvest of victory or the harvest of overcoming or the harvest of whatever you need harvest in, we've got to take the seed of the word of God and start planting it in our hearts. Now, Mark chapter four, Jesus says, when the word is sown, Satan comes immediately to take away the word. Why? Because it's the word that reveals the will. No word of God, no will of God. No word of God, no faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Abraham had been promised something that was the seed to manifest him being the father of many nations. So the devil wanted to get him to consider his body, which was almost 100 years old, which didn't produce anymore. He, the enemy wanted him to consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. The enemy wants you to consider what you don't have. The enemy wants you to consider your obstacle. He wants you to consider your symptom. He wants you to consider what CNN, constant negative news, is saying. He's wanting you to consider all the negativity that's in the world. Why? Because it can rob you of your faith. And if your faith gets stopped, if the word gets taken, there's no manifestation of God's will. And the whole time God is desiring for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 19, it says, And he did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body, which is as good as dead, because he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's dead and womb. Verse 20, No unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubtingly questioned concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. Notice this, he says that no unbelief, no wavering, say no wavering, no doubting, no questioning concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. If we truly believe, not only will there be joy and peace in believing, there will be praise and thanksgiving because we believe that God will do what he said he would do. We're going to praise before we see the manifestation. That farmer, when he sows the seed, he is expecting the harvest. He even begins to plan because he knows harvest is coming in. And when harvest comes in, that means financial increase. So he begins to plan like he's going to have harvest. How would you praise God if you were walking in the manifestation of your healing? How would you praise God if you were walking in the manifestation of your financial increase? How would you praise God if you were walking in the answer to whatever you're praying for right now? What would your attitude be? What would your mindset be? What would your demeanor be? Well, bless God, how are you doing? Well, Remember, you can't have joy out here and have a bunch of crud going on in here. Right? What is attitude? Remember, it's an outward expression of an inward feeling. You're not singing, this is the day, this is the day. On the outside, and thinking, oh, bless God, I dropped my sucker in the dirt. My dog got run over. My grandma, she kicked me. 
Like most country songs sing or say or write. Right? How, how would you think if you were walking in the manifestation of victory? How would you think? How would you act? How would you praise if you knew God was watching over his word to perform it in your life right now? If you prayed and you know this is his will, what do you do in between the prayer and the manifestation? It says, no wavering, say no wavering. But he became strong in faith, giving praise and glory to God. Once again, how do I develop this unwavering faith? Praise and glory to God, joy and peace in believing. Go to Titus. It's, it's just to the right. It might be one of those chapters that your pages are still stuck together. That's okay, right? Go to the table of contents if you need to. Try before Hebrews. If you're not there, just listen to this. How do I develop an unwavering faith? Titus chapter 1, verse 2, it says, In hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie promised before time began, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Verse 2, In hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie. How do I develop an unwavering faith? I settle it on the inside of me, God cannot lie. I settle it on the inside of me, God cannot lie. If God said it in his word, he cannot lie. If he said it to you by the spirit of God, he cannot lie. God cannot lie. When he promised you that by the stripes of Jesus you're healed, he cannot lie. That's unwavering faith no matter what it looks like, no matter how you feel, no matter what the symptoms are. God cannot lie. Say that. God cannot lie. Now what religion has done is it's, it's snuffed down men and women from saying what God would say. Because bless God, well, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. That's unwavering faith. But when you settle it in your heart, and this takes time because we have trained ourselves to, oh, I don't want to step too far there. No, God cannot lie. God cannot lie. When God promised that he would open the windows of heaven and pour out the blessing, God cannot lie. When God says that he would deliver us from all manner of affliction, God cannot lie. When God said he separated our sin as far as the east is from the west, God cannot lie. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. How do I develop unwavering faith settlement? God cannot lie. Say, God cannot lie. And I can hear some of you struggling with that. And, you're th and I hear this, but you don't understand. It is. Hang on, hang on. Either I'm going to believe the devil who's a liar, or I'm going to believe God who tells the truth. Now it's time for us as God's children to make a decision. I'm either going to believe the Bible or I'm not going to believe the Bible. And the Bible says God cannot lie. So if I'm not walking in something, and I'm not, and we're all a work in progress, we're all learning, we're all growing, right? But the answer is... If there's a problem, it has to be me. It's not God. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. What are you praying about right now? What do you believe in God for right now? God cannot lie. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said, all things are possible to the person who chooses to believe. But if we don't know what to believe... We can't lift our level of belief up. Belief comes up the more we hear and know about the Word of God. God cannot lie. Say that, God cannot lie. 
God cannot lie. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. A month and a half or so ago, I guess, I uh, was practicing there at the house, and we were roping, and um, I left there for, I don't know, a handful of minutes, you know, probably 30 minutes or so. I had to run up to the house, do some stuff. I come back down, and, and one of my steers was dead. That just ticks me off. Stuff like that happens. So instantly, I, I go inward because I've got to be real with myself also. Of Okay, where's my faith? Where's my heart? Because there's sometimes in life that we haven't been spending the time that we need to spend in the Word or we haven't, whatever, life has just sapped us dry. And we're just like, well, bless God he died. And this, you know, you move on. But this time I, I, I went inward and I was asking the Lord, Lord, what do, you, what do you want me to do? I know this is not your will. I'm so fed up with the devil stealing from God's people. I'm so fed up with him stealing in any form and fashion. And he started, he recalled to, to my remembrance the scriptures about tithers. In Malachi chapter 3, it says, Whenever we bring our tithe into the storehouse, that he opens the windows of heaven, and he pours out the blessing upon us, that there's not room enough to receive it, and he rebukes the devourer for our sake. He does. He says, begin to remind me. And when I say he said, I didn't hear an audible voice, but on the inside, he says, begin to remind me, Isaiah 43, verse 25 through 27, put me in remembrance of my word. He says, remind me of your covenant rights as a tither. Remember, God has to have a voice upon the earth in order for him to move. And so I started reminding him that, Father, you said you would rebuke the devourer for my sake. Satan, you take your hands off this steer right now in the name of Jesus. You spirit of death, you leave. And I command life to come back in this steer. And I laid my hands upon this steer. And the steer, God brought the steer back to life. Because of our covenant with God. Some say, well, bless God, I don't believe that. I don't care if you believe it or not. That ain't the first time I've seen him do stuff like that. There's another time where this lady comes to me. This, these people, they had lost 162 head of cattle, and they couldn't figure out why on this ranch. And her dad was sick. She come to me, and she said, uh, Trey, this is going on, everything. And I said, instantly, I said, are you a tither? I said, yes, I'm a tither. I said, that, that stops tonight in the name of Jesus. Because of our tithe, God promises he will rebuke the devourer for our sake. We prayed, and that night, God... Uh, the next morning, by the time her dad woke up, he was completely healed, and they lost. They did not lose one other cow because of the tithe. I don't know why I told you that. I guess you needed to hear it. We we're talking about God cannot lie. Yeah, I know why I told you that. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. Say that God cannot lie. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. But, but we've been trained in church. Well, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he'll do it, sometimes he don't. Like God is up there picking daisies. Well, bless God, sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. I love him, I love him not. <laughs> right? And that's the way we've looked at God. I'm just going to kind of shoot a shotgun up here and just maybe I'll hit something kind of like bird hunting. You know, you got scatter shot. Bloom, I'm just going to throw some prayers up here and hope one of them work. No, God is a God of order and there's a certain way that God operates on the earth. But it takes us making a decision. I will have unwavering faith. How do I have unwavering faith? Settling it on the inside of me. 